Well, I want to say good morning to you again and welcome uh, to Dorisville Baptist Church. I want to welcome those who are tuning in on Facebook and also uh, to those who are maybe listening on the radio today. As you can tell, I'm not Brother Dwayne, okay? I'm much better looking than Brother Dwayne. Uh, he's, he's listening to this. He probably didn't appreciate that applause. But um, listen, Brother Dwayne and Judy, he called me Wednesday and he said, be sure you share with the church. Um, they've got COVID. And so anyway, he will be back uh, next week. I know you all are very excited about that. He also shared with me that today uh, he and Judy are celebrating 46 years together. So I encourage the first service, and I'm going to encourage you all too, to send them about 200 plus text messages. I'm sure they'll love that today. Uh, but one thing I want to do before we get into the Word of God this morning, while I have the platform, I've been wanting to share, talk about a couple of things uh, that's taking place with Dorsville. And one is Wednesday night. Uh, the men are meeting in the lower fellowship hall and the women are meeting in the upper fellowship hall. And the kids are meeting uh, with Brother Brent. And it has been extremely good. I know it has been for the men uh, at man time. And Christy comes home and she gives me reports about what's taking place with the women and it's been really good there uh, as well. So I want to encourage you if you have not been uh, to one of our Wednesday night uh, services, come, uh, be praying about uh, joining us and come and, and, and see what it's all about. Uh, it has just been really good with the men. We have somewhere around on average 20 men and I know the women are averaging about that same number. So that's a pretty big deal and uh, it's just something that I felt like I needed to share with you this morning and encourage you, especially the men, to come and join us on Wednesday night. Um, and then the other thing I want to share with you is we have a new way to love on people here at Dorsville. And we have been doing it now. Uh, for we've, we've already gone and worked several events with this new way to love. And it's through our fun food trailer, our fun food ministry. And uh, maybe some of you do not know uh, what I'm talking about. Be glad to talk with you after church about the fun foods ministry. But we have already been to like seven or eight places and we got six or more, I think, already booked. And uh, it's just a hoot. Last night we was at the park pool for the fortress. Uh, they sponsored a free swim out there. And we gave cotton candy, popcorn, uh, snow cones away, and it's just, it's fun. And it is an awesome way to be able to love on people in our community. So <clears throat> I'm saying all this to ask this. I want you to pray about becoming a part of this Fun Foods ministry, to um, think about maybe leading a team. Uh, I do not want to be 
the only one that ever takes this thing out. I mean, it's, it's an awesome way to love, and we want to give you the opportunity uh, to do that as well. So, you know, a Sunday school class could do it. A family could do it. If you have issues hauling the trailer, we'll take it to the location for you. But you can minister through this Fun Foods trailer. So be praying about that as well. Now, <clears throat> when Brother Dwayne called Wednesday and said that, uh, or asked if I could fill in, you know, I told the first service that, you know, I naturally said yes. And Christy, she says, you can't ever tell him no. And, you know, I love Brother Dwayne, and I really don't want to tell him no. But, you know, I told the first service that I'm not saying yes to these opportunities to speak because of Brother Dwayne. I'm saying yes to my Lord. He's placed it upon my heart, and he's given me opportunities, and I just do not want to say no to him anymore. And so the question did come up after uh, Dwayne asked if I would share, and that question was this. Now what? Now what do I do? Now what do I preach on? And so I was thinking, you know, I've, from where I've shared at other churches, I just use one of those messages. And, you know, I always make notations as to where I have shared them and make sure I haven't shared it at Dorisville and, you know, just pull it out and do it. And something about me this week just would not allow me to do that. And so... Today's message and the idea of today's message came from a complete stranger that I met at Kroger this week. And you see, I had on my Jesus hat. You heard Brother Brent talk about wearing his Jesus hat a couple of weeks ago. I've been wearing mine everywhere I go too. And so I had the hat on and this man was coming at me and he looks at me and he says, I like your hat. And I responded, thank you. And I just kept walking. And as that man passed by me, he said, he looked at me and said, I'm born again. And I said, that's good. And I kept walking. And then I thought, as I continued to go through Kroger shopping, I thought, you know, you don't hear people say that very often. You don't hear people say, I'm born again. Most people say, I'm a Christian. Or, I'm saved. Or, I believe in Jesus. You just don't hear people use the term, born again. So it's been on my mind and so has become the title of my message today. Born again, what's that mean? Born again, what's that mean? And so if you are here today, you are a Christian today, listen, you should know what born again means. I hope you know what born again means. But I say this, however, a good majority of people in the world, a good majority of people in the world have no clue as to the meaning born again. They have no clue what it means to be born again. 
and to be born again or to experience this new birth, if you will, is a phrase that refers to a spiritual rebirth. Or we can hear it said this way, a regeneration of the human spirit. And Jesus talks about this new birth, or he talks about uh, being born again in John chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, we're going to be in John chapter 3 the whole time this morning. And I want to set this up for you. Jesus, he's been performing miracles. He's been healing the sick. Uh, He's been uh, teaching with a boldness all about the kingdom of God. And a Pharisee named Nicodemus comes to see Jesus. And this is what it says in John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him, Jesus, at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. In verse 3, Jesus replies, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, In verse 3, Jesus makes it very clear And, you know, I I have to think that we're not only getting a portion of this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. You know, and there had to be a lot of questions that Nicodemus had. And I believe that one of those questions was probably this. And it, it was Nicodemus saying, what must someone do to have or to inherit eternal life? I believe that was in the conversation. I believe that was one of Nicodemus's questions. And so Jesus' response in verse 3, he makes it very clear. He makes it very clear to Nicodemus and he makes it very clear to you and to me today. That unless someone is born again, unless someone has a new birth, he or she, won't see the kingdom of God. There has to be something. Something has to change. And Jesus makes it very clear to Nicodemus. And through the word of God, he's making it very clear to us today. Now, you know, I know in this room, there's a lot of people that know what it means to be born again. I know there's a lot of people in here that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I also believe within my being this morning that there's a reason why I'm sharing this message. I don't believe everybody in here has had one of those born again moments. I could be wrong about that, and I hope I am. But most likely in this room today, there's someone who does not know what being born again means. Jesus makes it very clear, unless someone is born again, has a new birth, that he or she will not see the kingdom of God. 
In John chapter 3, verses 4 through 8, it says this. Nicodemus says, But how can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked Jesus, Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus responds, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. And in verse 7, Jesus says to Nicodemus, Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. In verse 8, Jesus says, The wind blows where it pleases. And you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It comes or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus was just like a good majority of the people today. He had no clue. He was clueless. Uh, to what he or someone had to do to have eternal life. He had no clue. And we hear that in verse 4. It says, but how can anyone, Nicodemus says, how can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus has no idea about what Jesus is talking about. And Jesus responds in verse 5, and Jesus says, I'm telling you the truth, Nicodemus, that where he says, I assure you, that, that assure you means to that Jesus is telling him the truth. He says, I'm telling you the truth, Nicodemus. Unless someone is born of the water and the Spirit, he or she cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is just a truth. And so, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he or she cannot enter the kingdom of God. When Jesus talks about being born of the Spirit, it is clearly a reference to accepting Christ. That's what he's talking about. And, uh, or believing in the one and only Son of God. And so if you look up different commentaries on what he's talking about, uh, unless someone is, being, is born of the water and the Spirit, you know, there's different opinions on that. Some talk about baptism being uh, that that's associated with the water. And, you know, for me it's just simple. I think... The water is talking about your first birth. And I think the Spirit is talking about your new birth when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I think that's what that means right there. And in verse 7, Jesus says to Nicodemus that it should not surprise you. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that I tell you that you must be born again. Flesh and Spirit are opposed to each other, you see. So the only way for a person to take on a new nature is by being born 
again. In verse 8, Jesus talks about the wind. And he says it blows wherever it pleases. And listen, the wind there, it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And this talk of the wind, the Holy Spirit, would have reminded Nicodemus of Ezekiel 37. Verses 1 through 14. You all remember it. Where the wind blows across dry bones and brings them back to life. New life. In verses 9 through 15, this is what it says. Nicodemus says, how can these things be? Verse 10, are you a teacher, Jesus says, a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? I assure you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about things that happen on earth and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about things in heaven? Jesus asked. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. In verse 14, Jesus says, Just as Moses was lifted up, or just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. In verse 15, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus says to Nicodemus that it should not surprise you in verse 7. In verse 8, he talks about the wind, the Holy Spirit. And now in verse 9, he's questioned by Nicodemus how this can be. And Jesus says, aren't you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? And then verses 11 through 13, Jesus says, I assure you. Or again, Jesus is saying, I'm telling you the truth. Jesus says, if we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen. And so it causes me to question, who's he talking about? We. And for me, it's just simple. He's talking about the Father and himself. He says, we tell you the truth. Jesus says we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But you do not accept our testimony. You know, you're hearing a truth today. And people out there perhaps on Facebook or on the radio, they're hearing a truth today. And, and there's some that just simply do not accept this testimony, or this truth. Verse 14, Jesus says, So the Son of Man must be lifted up. Why? So that everyone who believes in Him, everyone who believes in the one and only Son of God, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, will have eternal life. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that don't believe it. There's a lot of people that don't understand what it means to be born again. 
And it's up to us as the church to teach this truth. To share it. Why? You know, it's up to us to, to lift up the Son of Man before others. Why? So that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. We have a job to do. And that is to tell people about what you must do to be born again. What you must do to have eternal, everlasting life. And let me just tell you something this morning. That eternal, everlasting life is, and where you spend it is way more important than the life you're living right now. So we move on to the most familiar part of John. We all know it. We learned it in Bible school. You know, and it's stuck with us for years. Verse 16, John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, this is what it says. For God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. For in verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. And I love it. Jesus says, for God. And you have to pause right there. Because it's all about God, you see. It begins with God and it ends with God. For God so loved the world. He loves the world in this way. God gave his one and only Son. For God so loves you. And me. And everyone that's not here. The people lying in the ditches. Or over on the bike path. God loves them too. The people who are up to their eyeballs. In debt. And drug addiction. And alcohol addiction. The people who are cheating on their husbands and their wives. Well, God loves them. And he proves it. And we see that proof in that he gave his one and only son. So that whoever, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Everyone who believes in him uh, will have a new life. Everyone who believes, that believes in him will 
be born again. He will have, she will have a new life. In verse 17, I love this. I love it. Jesus didn't come to condemn. And in the first service, this is where I said, and neither should we. Neither should we. We have this bad habit as the church. I'm going to get zapped. We have this bad habit as the church sometimes taking what we know and condemning people. You know, it goes against what God's word says. You need to, you're bad. That's what we do. You see, Jesus wasn't sent here to do that. So who do we think we are when we do it? Jesus did not come to condemn, but to save. To save the world. To save you and me. Jesus came to bring life. New life. To anyone who believes in him. You believe that today. You believe the part where it says anyone? Jesus came to bring life. New life. We're talking about being born again. That new life. That's why Jesus was sent. So that you and I, those of us in the world that are up to our eyeballs in sin, can have a way To heaven. To have a way to the Father. But we must believe in the one and only Son of God. The one and only way to heaven. The one and only way to new life. Verse 18, Jesus says, anyone, I love that word, anyone who believes is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe has already chosen their destination. You know, life's short. And you're going one of two places. And it's your choice. And Jesus tells us here that if you believe, you're not condemned. But if you don't believe, you are. You know where you're going. And you don't want to go there. Because.
Because, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he or she has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God, the one and only way to God, the one and only way to heaven, the one and only way to life. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says this, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church, this is our story. This is our message. This is what we're to be taking to our neighbors. This is what we're to be sharing at work. There's no other way to heaven. There's only one. And that's through believing in Jesus. In John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, it says this. Jesus speaking again, he says, This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Jesus starts out there by saying, this is the judgment. And I would say it this way. Jesus speaking to Nicodemus says, this is the conclusion. I'm wrapping my message up. The conclusion is this. The light I have come into the world. Those who practice wicked things hate, hates the light or hates me. And, and they avoid it or they avoid me. In verse 21, but anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light comes to me, comes to know me, so his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. And then finally this morning in John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36, I believe that this is John the Baptist speaking here. Again, different commentaries, different uh, comments on who they think uh, is the one speaking here. Uh, it could be different, but I personally believe that it is John the Baptist speaking here, and this is what he says. The one who comes from above is above all. And the one who is from the earth, speaking of himself, is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven, he says, is above all, is above everything. And then John the Baptist says, He, Jesus, testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accept, accepted his testimony. You know, doesn't that sound like today? So many people have heard about Jesus. 
So many people have heard about the kingdom of God and what you must do. But they just simply do not accept this testimony. And so by doing, they choose their destination for eternity. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accepts his testimony. And he says this in verse 33, The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. The one who accepts this testimony that Jesus Christ was sent here by God for anyone who should believe, the one who accepts that testimony... has affirmed that God is true. That God is real. That God exists. And John the Baptist, he says, For God sent him, for God sent Jesus, and he speaks God's words. Since he gives the Spirit without measure. In verse 35, John the Baptist says that the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes. Here it is. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. It's not hard. God's plan is not hard. You've heard the truth. I don't think I could have made it any clearer today. You've heard the truth. What are you going to do with it? Do you believe it? He has given all things. God has given all things into Christ's hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. But the one who refuses to believe. This is the sad part. The one who refuses to believe in the Son will not see life. That's the truth. You know anybody who does not know Jesus. I know you do. It should bother us. It should cause our heart to hurt. That we can see somebody that we know has no relationship with the Lord. And because of that lack of a relationship, are headed to eternal life in hell. Everlasting life and hell. I mean, that should really bother us. For those of us that know what is to come for a believer.
In closing, I want to ask these questions. Do you know the one and only Son of God today? I believe there's someone here that doesn't. I, it's on my heart. I believe there's someone here that does not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Have you been born again? Can you remember, can you recall your second birthday? The day you said, I believe. The day you asked Jesus to come into your heart If you're here today and you can't recall that moment, there's a good chance you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Can you say today without a doubt that you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you're here today and you can't answer that with a yes, You've got a problem. You've chosen your destination. And that's hell. And I'm telling you, I don't want that for anybody. I hope your answer to those questions, to all three, is yes, I know the one and only Son of God. Yes, I have been born again. And I can tell you that day it happened. I can tell you for me, I was sitting at my mother's kitchen table and the preacher looked at me and said, Jeremy, do you want to pray to receive Jesus tonight? And I said, yes. That's when my new life started. Can you call that up in your own personal life? Do you have that story right here, ready to share it with someone? I hope you do. If you're here today and you don't know, if you have doubts about going to heaven when you die, if you can't remember the day your new life began, we want to give you an opportunity to respond. We want to give you an opportunity this morning to say, you know what, I need assurance of eternal life in heaven with the Father. And the Son. I hear you preaching the truth today that there's only one way to God, and that's through believing in Jesus. And today, I choose to believe and follow Him. We're going to have our time of invitation. And Brother Brent is going to be standing right down here, and this is where we invite you to come forward. And to say, today is the day. I choose to follow Jesus. I hope every person I'm looking at has a personal relationship with the Lord. But I'm telling you, there's something in my heart today that tells me not everyone here has been born again. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much.
for this day. I thank you for an opportunity to share the truth. I thank you, Father, for your love for all mankind. I thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus, to die for us. And the sins that we commit that separate us from you. Father, we couldn't thank you enough for what you've done for us. I pray now that if there's anyone here, Father, that you are speaking to them right now. That perhaps their heart feels like it's beating out of its chest. I can remember that feeling. Father, speak to them. Cause them to have the courage and the boldness to step out and say, today I choose life, life everlasting with you in heaven. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.